Well, hello there again. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover coming to you. This is the Word of the King. It's written in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4, where the Word of the King is, There is power, and who may say unto him, What doest thou? Before we have a word of prayer, let me read here from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Faith's Checkbook on mouth confession, heart belief. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, verse 9. Charles Adam Spurgeon writes, There must be confession with the mouth. Have I made it? Have I openly avowed my faith in Jesus as the Savior whom God has raised from the dead, and have I done it in God's way? Let me honestly answer this question. There must also be belief with the heart. Do I sincerely believe in the risen Lord Jesus? Do I trust in him as my sole hope of salvation? Is this trust from my heart? Let me answer as before God. If I can truly claim that I have both confessed Christ and believed in him, then I am saved. The text does not say it may be so, but it is plain as pike staff and clear as the sun in the heavens. Thou shalt be saved as a believer and a confessor. I may lay my hand on this promise and plead it before the Lord God at this moment and throughout life and in the hour of death and at the day of judgment. I must be saved from the guilt of sin, the power of sin, the punishment of sin, and ultimately from the very being of sin. God hath said it, Thou shalt be saved. I believe it. I shall be saved. I am saved. Glory be to God forever and ever. That's the Prince of Preachers, as they call him, Charles Adam Spurgeon, commenting on Romans 10.9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Let me have a word of prayer here now, and we will get into today's message. It's from Romans chapter 1, and it's on Romans 1, and thankfulness. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, dear Lord God, as I look at the condition of our country, I pray, dear Lord God, that in light of that reading there by Charles Haddon Spurgeon on Romans 10, 9, mouth confession, heart belief, that souls would examine themselves to see whether they be in the faith, to see whether they really got a faith that is of Jesus Christ, from the heart, in the heart, from you, the living God lest they be reprobate. Lord God, in our nation, we see, dear Lord God, so many souls, dear Lord God, who do not love you, dear Lord God, because they have not been forgiven. For as we shall see in today's message, to whom much is forgiven, the same loveth much, and to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And Lord God, we'll see, dear Lord God, once again, Lord God, in this message, Lord, I pray for souls to see, Lord God, by the power of your Spirit, the connection between an unthankful heart towards you, the living God, and the downfall of any church, of any family, of any society. And may a spirit of thanksgiving once again abound, dear Lord God, in our hearts, dear Lord God, to you, our Creator. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray. Be glorified through this message now, I pray. Speak to saint and sinner alike, in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to start very first verse, reading down through. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, 
There we have it. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. I'm thankful to my God through Jesus Christ. For every one of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. And I pray and I trust that you're not ashamed of your Savior and Lord today. Verse 9 of Romans 1, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. To the end ye may be established. I pray, to, I pray that the spiritual gifts of God as they are given by God according to his good pleasure to each member of the body severally as he will by way of his spirit we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I pray that the very spiritual gift of the living God would be establishing you right now, dear brother, dear sister in Christ, whatever that gift may be. I pray you know what that gift is. And if you don't, ask God to show you. And he will be faithful to do so. Verse 12 of Romans 1. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And by the way, give thanks for that spiritual gift, or those spiritual gifts, whatever they are that God has bestowed upon you by way of his spirit. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. Are we bearing fruit for the Savior? Jesus said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth much fruit. Are we bearing much fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ, who chose us to be a soldier of the cross? Are we enduring hardness today as good soldiers of the cross? Dear brother, dear sister in Christ. Verse 14 of Romans 1. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Do we see ourselves as debtors? To those sheep who are going to hear the voice of the good shepherd, for whom the good shepherd giveth his life? Do we consider ourselves debtors today? For those sheep, elect, chosen to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit, who are ultimately going to fear God by His grace, but they have yet to hear the message of the gospel. They have yet to hear the words which are spirit and life. We ought to consider ourselves debtors to them. We ought to consider ourselves debtors to the Lord Jesus Christ and His great commission. Him having forgiven us the great debt of our sin. So, may we daily render unto Him obedience from the heart. Verse 15 of Romans chapter 1. So, Paul writes, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. You who call yourself a preacher of righteousness, may you be ready, in season and out of season, to preach. Dear brother, dear sister in Christ, whoever you are, may you be ready, in season and out of season, to give a reason for the hope which lies within you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Indeed, for by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness, we're told. In Romans chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1. Verse 18 of Romans 1. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. All right, now, right now, folks, I want to, through the rest of Romans 1, I want to read down, and I want to show you, slowly but surely, how we have gotten to the point where we have gotten, not only in the churches in the United States of America, not only in our families in the United States of America, but the nation as a whole. From top to bottom, from bottom to top, this nation is corrupted and defiled by sin. And I want you to see where it all starts and how it all goes from there. Talk about a spiritual domino effect. We're going to talk about a spiritual domino effect right now. Verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. Indeed, Jesus Christ, he's that true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And that general revelation whereby he lighteth every man that cometh into the world is speaking of creation itself. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament sheweth his handiwork, we're told, in the book of Psalms. Verse 20 of Romans 1, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so they're without excuse. So ultimately, even if somebody does not hear the word of God, it's often asked, what happens if somebody does not hear the gospel, never hears the word of God, or never even hears of Jesus Christ? Will they still die and go to hell, having sinned against God? According to Romans chapter 1, verse 20, the answer is yes, they're without excuse because of creation. It's as simple as this. Creation itself testifies of the one true God. And the fact that they don't desire, just looking at the beauty of creation, the majesty of God's hand in creation, just the fact that they don't desire to know him, just the fact that they don't cry out to him, in light of the majesty of his hand in creation, that's enough to condemn them in their unbelief, my friend, according to Romans one twenty, Verse 21 of Romans 1, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, here it is, neither were thankful became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Hence, the title of this message, Romans 1 and Thankfulness. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Here we see the atheist, the evolutionist as they're called, who says there is no God, the fool I've said in his heart, there is no God. They are abominable, they corrupt, they've done abominable things, we're told in the book of Psalms. You know, when you think about in verse 20, it says about how, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Think about the Godhead, the fact that God is a triune being. We read in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the male and female, and he said, let us make man in our image. God being a triune being, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, when he created man in his image, he made him, in a sense, triune being, in that he's body, soul, and spirit. Dear listener, your body, soul, and spirit. When you die, your body goes to the grave, your spirit goes to one of two places. And in the day of resurrection, your body and your spirit are united, and your soul is at the last forever in its permanent sealed destiny, whether in heaven through Jesus Christ, our Lord, or in the lake of fire for all eternity with the devil and his angels as a result of your sin. Think about an egg, for example. An egg has three parts to it. It has the skin of the egg, has the egg white, and the yolk. You could argue that the shell itself of the egg, you could argue that that is symbolic of that which conceals the glory of God. Because keep in mind, what did God tell Moses there in the book of Exodus? 
When Moses asked to see him in all of his glory, he said, no man can see me, Moses, and live. Hence, the very shell of the egg itself, I would tell you, is symbolic of that which conceals the glory of God and prevents his glory from killing every single soul to whom his glory is exposed. The skin of the egg is symbolic of God the Father. The egg white, symbolic of God the Son. And the yolk of the egg, symbolic and representative of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Verse 22 of Romans chapter 1, we're told, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Every evolutionist that tries to say there is no God in the name of science, which God calls science falsely so called, is a fool professing themselves to be wise. Verse 23, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image, made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. All right, there's your humanist. There's your humanist. There's your tree hugger. Your animal lover wants to forbid you from eating meat which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth according to God, uh, the word of God through the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Right there you have them. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Needs to say, we got the atheists, we got the evolutionists, we got the humanists, we got the tree huggers, the animal lovers. Running all over the United States of America, from top to bottom, from bottom to top. Why? Because they're not thankful towards God. That's why. They're not thankful towards the God of heaven and earth, the God of the Bible. And as I said in the last broadcast, it's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes. In fact, it's hard all the time to give thanks for that which condemns you. Oh, but when that which condemns you is the very thing that saves you, you don't got a problem giving thanks for it then. And I can tell you, the very truth that condemned me is the very truth that saved me. That truth is the Word of God. And at last, the Word of God will either save or it will condemn. One of the two. Keep in mind, Jesus said, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Read down through here, verse 24 of Romans 1. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. You change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Let me stop here and say at one point, right here, you want to know why? You got NIVs, RSVs, New Living Translations. You want to know why you got so many Bible translations out there, my friend? It's because men who love their father the devil, they don't Love God as he's revealed in the pure, incorruptible seed as it's contained in the King James Bible as we have it in the English language. No, they don't like the way God's revealed in the King James A.B. 1611. So they change the truth of God into a lie. And hence they come out with their own version that fits their hellish image, which is after the image of Antichrist. They change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And if the devil has his way, one day he's going to come out with a translation through his children, who will have their own quote-unquote ecumenical Roman Catholic Bible that basically leaves the door open for every so-called faith on the face of the earth, but the faith of Jesus Christ, that is. The King James Bible and the King James Bible alone will always uphold the faith of Jesus Christ. It's the only faith that can save, my friend. Is that the faith you got today, or do you got the faith of devils, whereby men just fear and tremble? 
Continuing on, verse 26, For this cause God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. Here's the sodomite, here's the homosexual, here's the lesbian for you. Verse 27, And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Why do you got a bunch of homosexuals? Why do you got a bunch of sodomites, lesbians, walking around, marching for their right to engage in what God calls abomination, sexual perversion, and brings judgment on a land? It's because they're not thankful towards God. Hey, if you're listening right now, sodomite, homosexual, lesbian, why don't you be thankful, first of all, you homosexual, male, why don't you be thankful God made you a man and he made you to love a woman? For starters, why don't you give thanks that God made you a man and he made you to love a woman, not another man? Lesbian listening to this program, why don't you, for starters, give thanks to God that he made you a woman and he made you to love another man, not another woman? Get it straight. In the beginning, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, not Molly and Eve. Why do we got all these perverted so-called Bibles out there trying to conform the God of heaven and earth into the image of hellish antichrist men? It's because they're not faithful towards God. That's why. Verse 28 of Romans 1, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. They don't like to retain God in their knowledge. Oh, ACLU, trying to take every last remembrance of God and Jesus Christ out of this American society if they can. Oh, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. We're going to touch on a couple of these as we have time here real quick. Haters of God, for example. Oh, you tell me this country's not full of haters of God. Let me tell you right now, just because you go and sit in a pew in a church on Sunday morning, doesn't mean you're not a hater of God. There's haters of God filling the churches of America. I'm convinced of it. But they're a form of guidance which denies the power. Just using a cloak of righteousness to cover up the hatred that is within their heart. Covenant breakers. There's all your divorce for you. Covenant breakers. Divorce is running rampant in this country. Both in and outside of the churches. It's rampant. Without natural affection. There's your feminist. Trying to cry out for her right to have her baby butchered. And you men that don't got a problem encouraging her to get it butchered. You ought to repent. And again, without natural affection, there we're touching once again on the sodomite, the homosexual, the lesbian. You ought to repent and be thankful towards your creator. Now, real quickly, I want to play this song here. Who will go to America? Because America is a country full of unthankful, ungrateful sinners. Worthy of death, because they are not thankful towards the God of heaven and earth who gives them the very breath to breathe. 
and keeps them from dropping into the very pit of hell before their time. me brother why not you who will go to america may you heed the call dear brother you're listening go to america ephesians chapter 5 continuing on first of all before i read that let me just say first corinthians chapter 15 verse 57 but thanks be to god which giveth us the victory through our lord jesus christ can you give thanks to god today for the victory through our lord jesus christ i pray May it be given unto you to know the victory that's through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, 
Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Here we have it again, but rather giving of thanks. Instead of all your filthy jokes, why don't you start giving more thanks to God? Verse 5, For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. It is written, Thou shalt not covet, instead of lusting all the time for more, 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 more. Why don't you just give thanks to God for what you got? And in his time, as he sees fit, he'll give you more. Read down through verse 18 of Ephesians 5. Be not drunk with wine, where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Hey, wherever there's a filling of the Holy Spirit, there is a spirit of thanksgiving abounding. Is there a spirit of thanksgiving abounding in you? If not, why don't you be filled with the Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord today? And by the way, keep in mind, that filling is a daily process, my friend. We need it every day. We need it every day. Well, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn over now to St. Luke chapter 7. St. Luke chapter 7, winding down here on the word of the King. Starting in verse 31. And the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation, and to what are they like? Verse 32. They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, and calling one to another, and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. For John the Baptist came, neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and ye say, He hath a devil. The Son of Man has come, eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man, and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of all her children. Verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Verse 39, Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner." And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. Verse 41, There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. She hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Go down through, verse 47. Jesus speaking, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loveth much. For she loved much. But to whom little was forgiven, the same loveth little. Verse 48. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? Verse 50. And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. May the faith of Jesus Christ save your soul today if you know him not. And may you go in peace. This has been the word of the King. God bless you and yours.